Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills. I'm the lead pastor at Chandler's Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I'm so thankful that you have joined us uh, today. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming every week and uh, just hearing what uh, God has uh, spoken on to my heart and as I share it with you guys. Um, I'm excited today, um, as I always am, uh, because we are starting a, a new series and uh, it is titled Anxious for Nothing. And today, uh, part one, uh, the title of the message is When You've Had Enough. And I don't know if any of you have had enough. You know, you just get to that point, you're just like, I've had enough, you know. But for those of you who are battling anxiety, this message is for you. And I want to kind of set up our, our text today. And I want to kind of tell you a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. And you might be worried about something. It could be a, a health issue for you. It could be someone that you love. It might be aging parents. Uh, maybe it's uh, a burdensome financial season that you're in. Uh, it might be that you're worried about your children, the, the decisions that they're making. Well, this message series is for those of you that are worried or maybe battling with fear or some type of anxiety. Okay, so if that is you, or maybe someone you know, uh, pause this right now and go grab them, okay, because um, that might be the reason and the purpose of why God has uh, placed you at this moment to listen to this podcast today. So what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we're going to, going to be going into Philippians. We're going to be diving into Philippians chapter four specifically, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a small portion of that text and we're going to highlight it and then use it for other portions of scripture to support the big truth. And so what I want to do is give you the context uh, today, and then, then we're going to read through this scripture, and we're going to read it every single week. So if you join us for the next few weeks, we're going to read through this Philippians chapter 4. So if you want to highlight that uh, for the next couple of weeks, just put some kind of bookmark in there or something, uh, that will help you guys out. Uh, but that's where we're going to be doing every single week. And we're going to let that kind of just settle into our spirits. And, and I believe that God is going to calm our anxiety and cast our cares on him. So we're in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, we have, we're talking about Apostle, the Apostle Paul, who wanted more than anything else to go to Rome to, to preach the gospel. But he, but he found himself in Rome as a, as a prisoner. And he was locked up 24 hours a day to a Roman guard. And out of that situation, okay, where he could have been more anxious than anybody I know right now, not knowing his potential outcome or how long he would be there, even whether or not he would live or, or die, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he penned these words that we're going to be reading every week. It's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Here's what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
One of the many things I, I love about our podcast family is you guys let me be real with you, okay? And and I really appreciate that because I really do try to be this the regular person. Uh, I I have been uh, called by God to be a pastor, uh, but I am a regular person as well. You know, I am I face sins and I face anxiety just like many of you. Okay, I feel that anxiety. So this message series um, is not born out of a, a strength of mine. It's born out of a very scary. Uh, kind of unusually dark season of real anxiety that we all have. And Paul said, be anxious for nothing. And so I find myself asking, is that even possible? In, in a world that we live in, with all that is going on, can we be anxious for nothing? You know, we have mass shooting after tragic mass shooting. Can I be anxious for nothing? And so I read a book about a Gen Z recently, Love the book uh, about those of you who are in high school age and, and college age. That's where the Zen, Gen Z kind of lands. And, and there's so many promising things about your generation. But one of the biggest challenges that you guys face is that you're the most stressed generation in recent history. Okay, You guys worry about everything. You know, should I go to college? And if I do, am I going to have to take out student loans? And then if I graduate, will I get a, a job good enough to, to pay off the loans? And am I going to get married? And if I do, am I going to marry some psycho, right? Because there is a lot of psychos out there. And, I, and how am I going to pay my bills and all these things, okay? And then there are people that are married. And they did marry a psycho. And now, uh, you know, you're thinking, I'm a psycho because he's making me a psycho. And I don't know about my job and my car's going to the shop and my teenagers are driving me crazy and my parents are aging. And there's so much uncertainty in this world. Is it even possible to be anxious for nothing? What I want to do in this particular message is I want to show you an Old Testament prophet that may be like some of you. Okay, he really loved God, and, and yet even though he had seen the faithfulness, uh, the power, the provision of God, he still struggled massively with anxiety. His name is Elijah. And if you don't know the context of Elijah, Elijah actually confronted a very evil king named King Ahab. He called him out on his sin, and he prophesied a drought that would significantly impact King Ahab's kingdom. And so the king came after the prophet Elijah and with all the forces of his whole army saying, we're going to destroy you, Elijah. Essentially, we're going to kill you, Elijah. That's what we're going to do. And so for three, for three years, Elijah was on the run. He, he was hiding out and yet God was faithful. God fed him with, with bread and ravens and, and, and met and meat from heaven. And, and Elijah raised the, raised the dead. In fact, there was this one time, and this I find is very cool. Elijah stood down 850 false prophets. One man stood down 850 people. That's crazy brave in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? He called fire from heaven, made them crispy critters. Then, then after all the power of God, miracle after miracle, one grumpy woman gets up into his grill, and he falls completely apart. And so if you don't know the story, Ahab was bad, okay? I want you to know, Ahab was, was really bad. But he had a wife, okay, that made him look like Mother Teresa. This woman, his wife, was named Jezebel. And she got in the picture. And essentially she said, honey, if you can't get a job done, then let a woman do it right, okay? 
I'm going to kill Elijah. And Elijah completely falls apart. And you'll see him spiral into deep depression and anxiety that some of you might be able to relate to. And so I want to show you the story. And, I, and when we do look at the story, I want you to notice four different mistakes that Elijah made when he had too much. And you might see yourself making one, two, three, or even all four of, of these mistakes as I have made uh, in some of my struggles. So let me show you the text, okay? It's 1 Kings 19, and we're going to start in verse 3 and 4, okay? 1 Kings 19, verses 3 and 4. Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a, a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. He said the same thing that some of you might have said. Okay, I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. I can't. I just can't. I've had enough. And he says, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Some of you, about right now, you, you might be in that, I can't take it anymore. I've done everything I can. I'm trying to pay the bills. One more thing broke. I can't take it anymore mode. Some of you, that's in a, maybe in a relationship, okay, where you're trying and trying and trying and trying and, and they deceived you again. And you're like, I can't, I just can't take it anymore. Some of you, it's your schedule, right? You work and you work and, and you're trying everything and, and, and you're maybe even a single parent. And you're trying to juggle everything and you're working your tail off and you're just like, I can't take it anymore. It could be something simple. You've made a dinner 9,000 times and they haven't said thank you 9,000 times as they got up from the table 9,000 times. And on 9,001, you're like, I'm going to kill you in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. I just can't take it anymore. Elijah couldn't take it. He made four mistakes. And I've made these, and perhaps you have as well. So let's look at his mistakes, okay? The first thing we need to do when we've had enough is this. We run ourselves into the ground, okay? We run ourselves into the ground. This is what he did. The text says he was afraid, and he ran for his life. He ran to Beersheba, which is, if you don't know, the geography, geography of it is he ran about 100 miles, okay? He ran as far as humanly possible to run. In fact, if he had run anymore, he'd have run into the water. He couldn't, he couldn't run anymore. He ran four marathons, folks. He ran and he ran and he ran and he ran. He basically turned into Forrest Gump, okay? He was so exhausted, he wore himself out. And Elijah ran himself into the ground. The second big mistake that he made is, many of us do this as well, is we shut people out, right? We shut people out. Does he even notice this? You know, does Elijah even notice this? He left his servant. He said, he to, he said to his trusted friend, I, I don't need you anymore. And he went off on his own. Now, this is a little bit of what we tend to do. You know, we, I'm not going to tell anybody I'm hurting, and I'm just going to push my way through this on my own, and I'm not going to let anybody in. And this is one of the reasons why we push for life groups at our church. And maybe the church you attend to uh, pushes for small groups or life groups as well, because it's really the heartbeat of the church. And you might be asking why? Well, because when we do life together, okay, when we do those things together, we, we become the body of Christ. 
okay? And when we're doing it together, we're doing life together, right? And we're talking about these things and we're including others in the hurt and in the good times, right? And so we do life uh, is better just in those situations, okay? So look for a life group or a small group in your church if, if you have that opportunity, okay? The third mistake that, that he made, and we often make, is we focus on the negative, okay? Here's what he said. He said, I've had enough, okay? I'm no better than my fathers. I'm no better than my ancestors. And this is the very thing that we often do. We, we focus on the negative. Oh, my life is so hard. I can never get it all done. There, there's just too much. I, I can't stand these people. I don't like my job. I don't like where I'm going. I'm always going to suffer. I'm always going to struggle. I'm always going to be broke. We're never going to be happy. We're always going to be hurting. And we focus on the negative, don't we? Number four, perhaps the biggest mistake is we forget God. We forget God. He is there. Every step of the way through Elijah's life, every moment of time, God was present. God was faithful. God's power was visible. God's provision was real. And even though God had been faithful, Elijah did what so many of us do. He was facing his problems while forgetting his God. The crazy thing is, Elijah's name alone should have been enough comfort in him in the middle of of his anxiety, right? Because his name alone, think about this, Elijah, it's spelled E-L-I-J-A-H, okay? The E-L-I means I or my, and the J-A-H is short for Jehovah. Or, or Yahweh. My God is Yahweh. A devout believer in his time, right? Elijah is. And even in some parts of the world today, would not even write the, the name Jehovah with the vowels, okay? You got to understand that because that would be too intimate. And so here we've got Elijah, who is my God is Jehovah, my God is Yahweh, and the word literally means my God is my breath. My God is my breath. That's what this name means. My God is my source. My God is my strength. My God is my sustainer. My God is my breath. He's with me. And yet knowing that his God is near, he falls apart. What did God do when he did that? God met Elijah in his need. And I want to show you how God revealed himself to him. So we're going to continue on. In in 1 Kings, uh, we're going to move on to verse 11 and 12. Here's what it says. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore this mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. So the earth shook, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And the wind howled, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. The fire raged, but the Lord was not in the fire. You got earth, wind, and fire. Just a little nod out to my older friends out there, right? Just reminds us of the band. It's even in there, I'm just saying. But anyway, but the Lord was where? But the Lord was in the whisper. The Lord was in the breath. The Lord was near. God was not in the remarkable, God was in the ordinary. And when we're hurting, when we're afraid, when we're overwhelmed, why doesn't God sometimes speak in the loud ways? Why does God whisper? He whispers because he's close. Why does our God whisper? He whispers to draw us close. The devil, on the other hand, he shouts his lies, right? 
His voice is a condemnation. He has accusations all the time. You'll never be enough. You'll, you'll never make it through. You'll always be on your own. But God whispers. The Lord is near. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I'm always with you, even till the ends of the age. I'm always good. I'm, all, I'm working in all things. Nothing shall separate you from my love. Nothing, right? Neither height nor depth nor darkness. Nothing will separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Why does God whisper? Because the Lord is near. He whispers because he's close. I'm going to ask you a phrase, uh, if you've heard this phrase before, it's called, it says, walk with the wise, you grow wise. And I'm sure some of you have heard that before, right? Uh, and, and here's the deal. Anxiety's a complex issue, right? I believe that if we have a complex issue in our lives, we should seek the advice of the wise. So for some people, it might be a, a change of diet, okay? And so you might need a help from a, a dietitian. For some of you, it might be that you have a chemical imbalance, and so you need help from some doctors to get some meds and things like that. For some of you, it might be to process some things, and so we need the help from counselors, right? But here's the deal. No matter the situation you're going through, as you seek help from a professional in their field of expertise, know this. The Lord is near. He is the almighty counselor. And I know you've heard that being used before, right? The Almighty Counselor. That is a name that we call Jesus Christ. And so as you go through your season of anxiety, depression, and loneliness, whatever it may be, a phrase to use might be uh, this, okay? And I, and I would love for you to write this down. It's, it's my experience, okay? My experience, meaning I've done this for a long time, all right? My experience plus God's presence plus God's presence is enough. That's, that's my breath. My experience plus God's presence. He is with me. He's near. It is enough. Okay? And so what I want to do is I want to tell you a story that happened to me uh, a few years ago. Okay? We were having a youth night. Um, for a while, I was the youth pastor here at uh, Chandler Acres and for several years. And uh, we were having uh, our, our youth uh, night in our normal room, which happens to be the same room uh, as we do worship in Sunday. Okay. And so we're in this room and, and it was late summer um, and it was so, it was getting darker earlier. And I just remember all that situation. And so I was giving this message to the, the students here and all of a sudden I hear this boom, loud, just bang noise. And the boom came from the corner of, of our sound room area, which is all the way in the back corner. And I asked the guys back there that were, were helping out in this, um, in, the, in this evening and everything, and I said, what, what fell, guys? And they gave me a look of like, we, we, we don't know what you're talking about, Dan. But we, they, they hollered out, we, we think it came from outside. And so a couple of the sponsors, they, they, they went outside, including my wife, Jen. She, she decided to head out there. And, and they went outside to see what it might be. And so I continued on giving, giving the message, told the kids, hey, guys, settle down. It's okay. Well, you know, everything's good. They'll figure it out, and let's just move on. And so uh, I started giving the message. Well, about three or five minutes later, one of the sponsors came back in, and, and they kindly interrupted me and said, hey, Dan, uh, you need to come outside. Uh, your car has been hit. And I was like, man. And so I started to head outside, and, and that is when my, my wife, Jen, stopped me just before going out the door. And she said, Dan, they are just teenagers, okay? Implying that I'm going to be very upset, okay? And so I go out the doors to check what had happened. 
Well, two teenagers driving a pickup truck, definitely going a little fast, jumped the curb outside in our parking lot, okay? Went airborne, okay? So airborne, when they slammed into my wife's 2005 Pontiac Gold Grand Am, made it turn completely around to face in the opposite direction. And while doing so, it slammed into my new truck, the vehicle that I always wanted that we had just uh, purchased two months prior, okay? And put a two-inch gash going down the whole side of the truck. Well, needless to say, I I was very upset. But at the same time, I was proud of myself because I held my composure and even talked to the boys and invited them to church. Now, fast forward a couple of days. We are in a rental car while my truck is being fixed because the 2005 Gold Pontiac Grand Am was totaled. And we're out looking for a new used car for my wife. We receive a call from the insurance company that the insurance the teenage boys had had was not going to cover our expenses because they just got it the day of the accident. So we had to return that rental, okay, go through our own insurance, get another rental, and on top of that, we had to pay the deductible of two vehicles now. And I'm not even done yet, okay? We find Jenna Carr. It's another 2005 Pontiac Grand Am, golden color, so almost the exact same car, okay, just different mileage, okay? That, that right there should have been a sign uh, that what we were doing wrong is right there. But a few months later, okay, it is New Year's Eve. We are over at some friend's house celebrating the new year with them. And shortly after midnight, my daughter calls me and says, hey, dad, are you and mom okay? And I said, yeah, why? And she went on to say, well, the, the tree in our front yard is down. And I said, okay, uh, we'll be home in a bit. And so we go home. Not only was our tree down, but it was right through the 2005 Pontiac Grand Am 2.0 to the point literally a branch went through the hood and through the floorboard and into the ground. It was totaled again, just months later. So now we had to call our insurance company again and explain to them that this wasn't the same car and it was a new car. We promised, just look at the VIN number, it'll work all out. And it did, and it worked all out. Now I tell you this story for two reasons. One, Never buy a gold 2005 Pontiac Grand Am, right? And two, in the middle of feeling all the anxiety going through this ordeal, we walk through it with the grace of God. Because my experience plus his presence is enough. The Lord is near. My God is my breath. We could hear God the whole time saying, I have your back. I am here. It will be okay. And here's what's funny about Elijah. If you don't know the end of, of, of this story, it's, it's pretty fun, uh, kind of funny, okay, is what was his greatest fear? His greatest fear was that he was going to die. But if you don't know the end of the story, later on, he's, he's walking along with his protege, Elisha, and God sends a chariot from heaven that sweeps Elijah off the face of the earth, and he never tasted physical death like we will. He never died. The thing he feared the most never happened. We could say he was anxious for nothing, right? Here's what I want to tell somebody listening today, that the vast majority of what you worry about is not going to happen. Most of it never, ever does. The the vast majority never happens, and therefore we are anxious for nothing. You see, the vast majority doesn't happen, but sometimes it does happen, and it's not as bad as we thought. 
See, we're anxious for nothing. And sometimes it does happen, and it is bad. And it's worse than we ever thought, but the goodness of God always carries us through. He's always faithful. He never leaves us. He'll never forsake us because he is our breath. He is our strength. He is our source. And that's why the Apostle Paul, chained up to a Roman guard, not knowing his future, can say, do not be anxious about anything. He said this, we can rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because our God is near. Why does he whisper? Because he is close. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, bring your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds and your souls in Christ Jesus. Why does he whisper? He whispers because he's close. The Lord is near. Our God is here. So we trust in him. Amen. Thanks again, guys, for joining us for another Adventure Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's message, and I hope you'll uh, be back next week as we continue on with our series about Anxious for Nothing. Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.